0: This episode of the Jack Vita Show is presented to you by MLB Shop. Ladies and gentlemen, we only have a few games left of the Major League Baseball season. We're in the World Series. If you want to pick up your World Series gear, I'm talking ball caps. I'm talking winter hats. I'm talking T-shirts, hoodies, jackets, shorts, pants, probably shoes, licensed apparel, from Major League Baseball, go to jackvita.com slash MLB shop. Every time that you make a purchase through that link or you click the ad banners on my site and you purchase something from the MLB shop, this podcast is funded monetarily. How cool is that? So shout out to MLB shop. If you're looking for apparel for National Football League, college football, college basketball, NBA, NHL, any of that other stuff, go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. Same deal. Good partner over there. Fanatics also is an affiliate with the MLB shop. That's where all the MLB stuff comes from. jackvita.com slash fanatics, jackvita.com slash MLB shop. And finally, it's that time of year, guys. Champions League soccer. I typically don't even watch that much soccer, but you know what? Baseball season is ending pretty soon. There's not going to be any other sports in the middle of the week for about a month. So I think I'm going to get into this Champions League thing. Where can you watch the Champions League? Only on CBS All Access. CBS All Access has live television such as Champions League and a rich library of content that you can check out of classic shows whether they be from CBS or other Viacom properties. Lately, I've been watching MTV's The Real World on there. I've also watched plenty of other reality shows, such as Big Brother, Big Brother Finale is this week. Big Man, crazy times, very busy times. But I watched Survivor, Amazing Race, which is now back, and The Challenge on MTV. They've added a bunch of Nickelodeon shows. They're in the process of adding some others. I'm hoping they get Drake and Josh on there soon. It's not there yet, but they do have iCarly, Spongebob, Fairly Parents, Avatar, Legend of Korra, Cat Dog is on there as well, Rugrats, plenty of the classics. When you sign up through jackvita.com slash CBS, once again, that's a way that you can fund this podcast is signing up and it's the only place that you can watch the UEFA Champions League jackvita.com slash cbs. And now, let's get to today's show. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita today back in action on a Monday. It is October 26th, 2020. Recording this at 4 p.m. sharp. Man, what a weekend it was. Just an unbelievable, great sports weekend. In fact, this is this was an impromptu podcast episode. I wasn't planning on doing an episode until after. The World Series ended. I will be recapping the World Series later this week with Jake Poliga. We will talk about the World Series in its entirety. And in fact, there's another one episode that should be dropping next weekend where I will talk some UEFA Champions League soccer. In fact, I'm not a huge soccer fan. At least I used to be as a kid, and I haven't paid much attention recently. But with baseball ending, I'm going to need something to watch in the middle of the week. And with the UEFA Champions League occurring exclusively on our sponsor, CBS All Access, I thought, what a better time to get back into soccer. So Jonathan Clancy, he joined me about five months back to recap the final episode of The Last Dance, the ESPN docuseries on the 1998 Chicago Bulls. Jonathan Clancy, he will be returning. He played college soccer, and he is going to help me pick a team to root for. So that should be a lot of fun. Make sure you're subscribed to The Jack Vita Show so you don't miss out on either of those episodes. Folks, the plan was I was just going to wait. And eventually, share my thoughts on the World Series. Share my thoughts on the weekend. But this weekend was just too crazy. We had some really great baseball games. The Big Ten returned. And I, didn't, I, I truly could not wait. I wasn't going to allow myself to wait until Wednesday or Thursday. For those games to be yesterday's news, I wanted to weigh in on them in the moment. So that way we can focus on... The other news later in the week, okay, folks. So that means, as this with this episode being an impromptu episode, there's no guest for today. This is actually a very different show. I've never done a podcast episode or a radio show for that matter, all by myself. Typically, I have a guest with me, so I'm flying solo today. Let's see how it goes. And this is where I'm going to need your feedback because if things go well today. We may have more of these in the future. Now, this would not replace my long-form episodes each week with a different guest, but perhaps you'd see some more of these by myself. Again, probably shorter. I don't I can't imagine people want to listen to me exclusively me by myself for too long, but maybe I can give you more of a summary as to what we're talking about in a more of a bite-sized fashion today. So, We'll see how this goes, but if you like it or you don't like it, I would love if you could tweet me at Jack Vita Show. Tell me what you think. Really appreciate the feedback. Leave a five-star rating and review, and even if you don't like this episode, let me know, but leave that five-star rating. Write something in the review. Tell me what you thought of this episode, what you think of the show. i greatly appreciate it. But here we go. I'm going to do this thing today. Christopher Mad Dog Russo style. It's just me. And what better place to start than with the World Series? We'll go with the headliner at the start of the show. The Los Angeles Dodgers have taken a 3-2 lead on the Tampa Bay Rays. They won last night, as I mentioned, recording this on a Monday. There's no game tonight. So this is a good little break in the series. And a good chance for us to talk about what we've seen so far. First things first, Clayton Kershaw, it's time for people to put the whole Kershaw can't pitch in the postseason thing to rest. That's over. I think Kershaw, as I mentioned over the last couple episodes with Albert Destrade, Joey Ricotta, he's been a convenient scapegoat because the Dodgers have been around for now eight years straight in the postseason. He made his postseason debut all the way back in 2008. It's easy to put all of the Dodgers shortcomings on Kershaw because he's the only guy that's been there for all eight years. I Maybe Kenley Jansen was there in 2013, but for the most part, it's been Kershaw, and he's been the best Dodger, and he won an MVP, he's won Cy Young, he's the best pitcher of his era, and... People who are fans of other sports typically equate one's dominance and greatness in a sport to championships and championship performances. And now, there is some truth to that. You got to show up in the big moments if you're a big-time player. Make no mistake about that. However, baseball is a weird sport. Clayton Kershaw is only going to pitch two times in this series, and maybe... It's possible maybe we see him in relief in Game 7, if there is a Game 7. I think there will be more on that in a little bit. Kershaw has not excelled as a reliever in the postseason, as Joey pointed out last week. And that's to be expected. He's not a reliever. He's a starting pitcher. So if you're throwing him in there on short rest in the 7th inning and they're already runners on base... He's used to operating in a position with a blank slate. It's very different. They're high leverage relievers that are much better served for those moments and for that role. Clayton Kershaw last night, he went five and two thirds, gave up two runs, only five hits. Now, it wasn't the most glamorous signature performance. I think he looked a lot better in game one, but give him credit for gutting through that game. There were moments where... He was getting hit a little hard. He had to pitch himself out of some jams, and he did that extremely well. I think he could have probably gone a little further. He went five and two-thirds innings, got pulled in the sixth with two outs. He had 85 pitches. I personally probably would have left him in for another, let him go into the seventh. Now, maybe he doesn't finish the seventh inning, but I think he could have gone a little further. In fact, I actually was not crazy about the way that Dave Roberts managed his bullpen last night he turned it over to Dustin May and Dustin May was lights out for a couple innings and he pulled May in that spot where the Rays basically tricked him into pulling him because they put up Choi as a pinch hitter and they took Choi out and I think they had Brasso come in and they ended up having a favorable matchup lefty righty he ended up going to Victor Gonzalez, who, again, the Rays had a chance there. They almost tied up the game, first and second, but Gonzalez did pitch out of that inning. Back to Kershaw, however, he's now won both of his starts in this World Series, and while, again, it wasn't the signature go seven innings with two hits and no runs, he did recover nicely, from a couple of spots where he wasn't a jam, he pitched very well. Once again, two and zero in this World Series with a postseason ERA of two three one. Clayton Kershaw, folks, if the Dodgers end up blowing this series somehow, some way, and again, more on that a little later. But if they do, it will not be because of Clayton Kershaw. So that's number one. So the Dodgers go up three games to two. And right now it's looking like, quite frankly, the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. That's what it's looking like. Now, I picked the Dodgers coming into the season to win the World Series. Coming into the playoffs, I had the Dodgers beating the Rays in the World Series. So none of this is surprising. In fact, I had the series going to seven games. And I do think the Rays are going to fire back and win game six. These games have been close. They've been knocking on the door as they were last night. Game four was something else. I cannot wait to talk about that in just a little bit. But the Dodgers should win this series. If they do not win it, that would be not only a choke job, but I don't really know how you look at that team and say, I mean, this is this is the best Dodgers team that they've had over these this eight-year stretch. This is the best chance they've had to win a World Series. And the Rays are a great team. Make no mistake about that. But the Dodgers, I think, are the most complete team in baseball. What they can do to you offensively and defensively, the Rays don't have the kind of offensive firepower that the Dodgers do. I don't, I don't know if anyone in baseball does. They, they have the best Dodge, They have the best lineup in the league offensively. If the Dodgers find a way to lose this series, that at what point do people start saying maybe this team's curse? Because there was some weird stuff going on in that Game 4. In Game 4, that final play with Brett Phillips. Brett Phillips with the game-winning hit. And the ball bounces off of Chris Taylor's glove. The relay throw bounces off of Will Smith's glove at the plate. Allowing for Randy Arozarena, who's just busting it down the line. Who <laughs> trips over... Essentially does a somersault. Then he gets back up. Then he turns to run back to third base. And then he sees he can come in and score the game-winning run. It was unbelievable. It was something that you'd see out of Angels in the Outfield. Where one of those Angels is just there to trip a guy. Or to move the glove out of the way for the guy who's going to make the catch. I could not believe what we saw. That was An incredible game. Again, in that moment, it was like, is this just the Dodgers' luck? Now, I don't believe in curses. I don't think curses exist in sports. But I do think the idea of a curse can create a mental block for teams. It's hard for them to shed the culture of losing or finally break through and win one. Sometimes it's just bad luck. And that's nothing you can control. It seemed like a combination of a few things on that play. It was... One of the best games that we've seen in a long time. Now, if the Dodgers do not end up winning the series, again, I don't know how what you do with this team because you look at it and you say, they've been here, they've been always a bridesmaid and never a bride. They never actually come through and win this thing, but they have such a talented roster. How do you shed that culture and how do you finally break through? Could that mean that Dave Roberts, who is a very good manager... Could he be the sacrificial lamb in that situation? Now, I don't think it's going to come to that. I think the Dodgers are going to win this series. And they they have a really good chance to, and I think they will. But Dave Roberts, I I was thinking about this when they were down 3-1 against the Braves. Again, I picked the Dodgers in seven in that series, and I expected them to come back. But I definitely was doubtful for a little while there when they were down 3-1 to the Braves. I was just thinking, what do you do? Because obviously this team's window is going to continue to be open for a little bit. They have so many good young guys. They have a high, They have a lot of money. They can keep a lot of those players. But things are going to get interesting pretty soon here next year when Corey Seager hits free agency. And some of these other guys are going to eventually have to hit free agency. You got the Padres coming up on their tails in the NL West. And really, I think at this point right now, I would say I picked I think the Braves should be the favorites. They're my favorites to win the National League next year. Now, we're going to see what ends up happening this offseason. And that could very easily change. We could see what it'll look like in the spring. But right now, I have to think the Braves are going to surpass the Dodgers next year. NL's getting a little tougher. <laughs> I don't really know who in the NL Central is going to pose that threat, but I think the Braves are right on their tails, the Padres are right on their tails. There's some other teams in baseball you could look at that are on the on the upswing. This is the Dodgers' moment. This is they need to seize this moment and win this one. There's no guarantee they're coming right back next year. And if they don't win this series, again, I don't know what you do because you have so much talent. I don't know how you're making your team better. Maybe get a couple bullpen arms. That'd be nice. Their bullpen might not be as deep as it's been in the past, but they do have a really deep starting rotation that, and they've been able to use some of those guys out of the bullpen such as Urias and May. I, and again, Dave Roberts. So if it, if Dave Roberts has to take the fall, and sometimes you just need a change of culture to finally break through and win something and get over the hump, we've seen this in other sports. We've seen it in baseball. Might not even be the guy's fault. They lose his job. Sometimes you just need a, a culture shock. You need to change things up. I don't. Again, I don't think any of this is going to happen because I do think the Dodgers are going to win one, but they need to come through and they need to win this because this is their opportunity. They've had a nice advantage playing at the same park in Texas for several weeks now. And I will say also, I do think that it's beneficial for them that they do have a bigger fan base that's going to travel better than Tampa Bay's is going to. Now, would some Tampa, if this was a regular world series and they're going back and forth from LA to Tampa <laughs> long flights, I wish that was the case. Honestly, I think I think we could do it. I I don't think we need neutral site for the World Series, but I understand why they're doing it. But let's say that's the case. Now, obviously, the Dodger fans are still going to travel well to Tampa. But I think Tampa would have a nice little home field advantage with something I talked about with Mario Lanza a few weeks ago is just the way that park is built. It's really hard to catch fly balls there if you're not used to it. I, I do think there are a lot of things that are swinging in favor of the Los Angeles Dodgers. In fact, this series being so close to Kershaw's hometown, he went to Highland Park High School in Texas, in that Dallas area. The time is now for the Dodgers. I do think they are going to win this one. Going back to what we saw in Game 4, I'm watching that game, and as I'm watching that game, I just know there's a certain point in that game I'm sure many of you also became aware of this. There's a certain point in this game where you, the lead kept changing. Maybe it was when Kiermaier hit that homer to tie things up. You could just tell this game is going down as an all-time classic. This is going to be a game that we remember for a long time. And hopefully we never have another pandemic, another COVID-19 situation. I really hope not. But if we do have a situation where we have a little break from sports, or even in the off-season, during COVID, they were during the early time, early days of the COVID outbreak. They were airing a lot of old games, and one of the big ones that I keep going back to from the last decade was Game Six, 2011 World Series, David Fries, where guys like David Fries become legends. Those are the big time postseason games, and there are a number that you could go down, but that one I remember watching that again. I was so excited to see that game pop up once again. And this one, Game 4, 2020 World Series, is going to be one of those games. You could sense it as you were watching it, that you were seeing something truly remarkable, truly special. I hope all of you watched that game and stayed up to see the end of it. And if you didn't, I hope you get a chance to watch through it again, or at least check out the highlights. But as I mentioned, that insane play... So the, the Rays pitch around to Rosarena, which at this point you cannot pitch to Randy Rosarena. The guy is on fire. He's, it's, it reminds me, sometimes you see these guys who go on these huge postseason tears. 2015, Daniel Murphy, what he did in that postseason was very remarkable. Now Rosarena has hit nine or 10 homers which I think he hit his ninth last night, and it was a new postseason record, which, okay, the one thing I will say about that, they did have an extra round, so they've played more games than anyone has ever played up to this point in postseason history. Now, still, you have to give him credit for hitting nine home runs in a postseason. That's ridiculous, but you cannot pitch to the guy anymore. <laughs> he's He's not a secret anymore. Everyone knows who he is. He's put himself on the map. He's a star in the making, and he's red hot right now. So the Dodgers smartly pitch around a Rosarena. Kenley Jansen is in. Jansen hasn't really looked to be as consistent and as sharp this year as we've seen him in years past. He's a potential Hall of Fame reliever. Not too many relievers make the Hall of Fame, but I mean, in terms of the best of his era... He may be the best of the 2010s. There are a few guys like that. But he is right up there with Craig Kimbrell and Aroldis Chapman. Kenley Jansen has been lights out in these moments for the majority of his career. They walk a Rosarena. They pitch around him. So now here comes Brett Phillips. And I don't know how many of you are familiar with Brett Phillips, I'm sure to the casual viewer, there are a lot of people who no idea who this guy was. He wasn't on the Championship League Series roster. They added him for the World Series. He had only had two at-bats this entire postseason. But hey, the Rays like the matchup. We know how much they can play matchups better than anybody. And if you missed it, I wrote a piece on the Tampa Bay Rays on my website at jackvita.com. Go and check that out. Brett Phillips comes up, and if if you were familiar with Brett Phillips, chances are it's because he has one of the best laughs in the league. He's just a funny guy. He's a really delightful guy. There's a clip of Will Smith, the reliever who's now in the Atlanta Braves. When they were teammates in Milwaukee, Will Smith would just crack him up, and he's got a really funny laugh. He's one of those guys that the laugh is often funnier than the actual joke. (laughs) That would be Brett Phillips. Brett Phillips comes up, and this is one of those spots where I'm watching it, and I have two conflicting thoughts. And the first one is, man, there's no way this guy's getting a hit here. First and second, two out against Kenley Jansen. Nuh-uh, not happening. Especially, there were two, it was a one-two count, the two strikes were very suspect, very questionable. I I think he, it may have been a 3-0 count for what it's worth. But he gets behind in the count. I'm just thinking, there's no way. There's no way. Then I had this other thought that I didn't have much confidence in. But I, I, thought, I definitely thought this. I thought, well, you know what? This is one of those all-time great games where someone like Brett Phillips has the opportunity... To become a post immortalized as a postseason World Series legend. And this is one of those times where you look at it and you say, No way, I can't believe he actually did that. I can't believe he actually got that hit. And this is October baseball. This just happens every year. There's always someone like this. And especially in an all time great game, we're watching this extremely phenomenal baseball game. This game can't be over the way it did it's got to end on something monumentally phenomenal and exciting and that's exactly what happened now (laughs) I didn't have much optimism that that was going to be the case but Brett Phillips steps in there bloops one in and already talked about what happened the Rays end up winning that game really could not have happened to a better guy Brett Phillips from everything I've heard is just an awesome Christian dude as I mentioned, really funny guy, and that game, it's going to go down as one of the best playoff games that we've seen. Best World Series game, I threw it out right away. As I mentioned, this is one of those things that in the moment, you could tell you're watching something remarkable, something really great. So I said, do people realize that this is the best game we've had in nine years, since the 2011 David Freese game, and I I got called out. Some people were saying, hey, you forgot about Game 7 of the 2016 World Series, and I said, well, well duh, of course, yeah. <laughs> I guess I was thinking about non-elimination games, because that one, the stakes were bigger, there was so much on the line. That was a better game, no doubt about it. But I think if you're going to refer to a game that's like, oh yeah, Game 4 or a Game 6 or you you go down the list this is this is going to be at the top of the list at least to the 2020s <laughs> these the future games have a lot to they're going to have a lot their hands full trying to outdo this game it was just such a great game someone there was a game in the 2017 World Series it may have been game 4 i think it was game 5 dodgers and the astros where they hit a ton of home runs Went to extra innings. It was one. Of the, I think it was the longest World Series game ever. They ran out of ads to run, so we stayed with Joe Buck and John Smoltz the whole game. But honestly, I I don't know about anyone else, but knowing what I know about the Astros, it just that game doesn't seem so remarkable anymore. The other thing is that I thought about this in the aftermath of that play, the Brett Phillips play, is going to be much more memorable than someone hitting a home run. And I was thinking, for me personally, and this isn't the case for everybody, and it doesn't mean that I'm right, but I think baseball's at its best when there are balls in play. I think balls in play are more exciting than home runs. And one of the things that's happened recently is baseball has become obsessed with the long ball. There was a time where the league office was juicing baseball, so there would be more home runs. Strategically, teams are trying to hit more home runs, and we get more strikeouts. As a result, less balls in play, less plays at the plate. And I want to see more plays at the plate. I want to see more guys stealing second. I want to see more. There was a play last night where Manuel Margot tried to steal home. That stuff is what I think is most exciting about this game. And I'm sorry, I don't care about the bat flips. I I keep hearing this about, oh my gosh, wasn't that cool how he dropped this bat at a certain angle? And when someone hits a home run, I'm watching the ball exit the stadium. I'm not looking at which degree he's letting go of his bat at. It's not something that gets me mad. I'm not anti-bat flip. It's just not an interesting point of the game. I think the game's most interesting when you get stuff like what happened the last two nights, stealing home plate, crazy plays where a ball hits off a guy's glove. Only in the postseason, where the, the nerves are so high, and there's such a small margin for error, and there's so much tension. It was it was a great weekend in the World Series. Kershaw outpitched Glass now, but hey, I will give Glass now slightly a pass just because we see that a lot from inexperienced pitchers. You could go back to Kershaw at the early part of his career— Kershaw's been around for so long. He's only 32. He made his first postseason appearance at age 20. And Glastow, age 26, age 27. He had very limited postseason experience coming into this year. We saw it with Ian Anderson in the NLCS. Game 7 just did not have the same stuff and in, in that big spot. Glastow settled down, and he was able to give him five innings, and he deserves credit for that. But I'm not going to kill him for that game. I'm not criticizing any pitchers in this in this World Series thus far. Now, Nick Anderson hasn't looked like the same guy that he was in the regular season or he was last year. Maybe he's a little worn out. I don't know. I think the Rays are really going to benefit from having this off day today. And it'll be interesting to see what goes on in Game 6 tomorrow. Right now, it's looking like it'll be Blake Snell versus Tony Gonsolin. And Gonsolin has struggled thus far in the postseason. He'll probably have a short leash, have to think they could use some other guys, but they did use Dustin May last night. Maybe we see a little bit of Alex Wood, who we haven't seen too much in this postseason. He's had some good stuff. He was an all-star just a few years ago with the Dodgers. But yeah, I think the Rays are, are going to take game six, and we're going to have a very exciting game seven. So make sure you check back in a few days, for my World Series recap with Jake Paliga. I think we'll be discussing the 2020 World Series champion Dodgers, but who knows what happens in this sport. I was wrong last year. Nationals ended up winning in seven. I had Astros in seven, so maybe the Rays do it again this year. So we've talked a lot of baseball, really exclusively baseball on this podcast for the past month. But guys, baseball season is is coming to an end just in a few days. So it's going to be we're going to be shifting gears here to football pretty quickly. We got a lot to talk about from college football and with the NFL coming up. Now we won't go too deep today, but I do want to share some things on college football because the Big 10 just played for the first time this weekend and it was really a fun time. I'm not going to lie. I got together with a few friends. I saw James Eve Kovich who's been on this podcast came on, I think it was late June, we were talking baseball back then, just what's going to be, what's the season going to look like, James and I got together, we watched some college football, Saturday afternoon, Big Ten is playing, these Saturday afternoons and Sunday afternoons, when you have all these, really all this football on, everything just feels normal in the world, at least until you see a political campaign ad, then then maybe not so much, (laughs) but... Indiana, the Indiana Hoosiers pulled off a dramatic upset. They beat the Penn State Nittany Lions in overtime. Now, I don't know if that quarterback actually got to the goal line. I think he may have been a half, feet, like an inch short, but it was an exciting play. And it was one of those plays where if it was called short, There wasn't going to be conclusive evidence. It would not have been a touchdown, but since it was called a touchdown, they can't review it. Replay has just gotten kind of interesting in general. I don't like how it's being used in baseball where a guy slips off the bag for about a third of a second, and just because he was off in one little picture frame, now he's out. I think replay should really only be used when something's just so obvious that we missed it. So I wasn't upset about the call, to tell the truth. It may have been wrong, but it wasn't It wasn't egregiously wrong. And now, that's very unfortunate for Penn State, who still has big aspirations for this season, but they're going to be... I mean, that's not a good way to start your season, 0-1, losing to the Hoosiers. That was the first Indiana win against a top 10 college football opponent since 1987. Exciting times for the Hoosiers and their football program. They had a good year last year, quietly. Now, their starting quarterback from last year, Peyton Ramsey, transferred over to Northwestern. He was the starting quarterback that night against Maryland on Saturday. Northwestern, believe it or not, Put up 43 points on Maryland. What a, what an offensive outburst. Now, they did change offensive coordinators over the offseason. Last year, their offense was not very effective. Not very effective. They were not a great team offensively. Their defense was still pretty solid, but it took them three conference games last year to score 45 points combined. So, 45 points through their first three conference games, so they averaged 15 game and now in their first conference game of 2020 they put up 43 isaiah bowser their running back looks great peyton ramsey looked really good hunter johnson was able to get some reps he's that five star former five star recruit that originally went to clemson and transferred to northwestern fortunately for him he got bumped because of grad transfer peyton ramsey i'm a northwestern fan so i'm excited about this year things started out pretty good now, I don't know if Northwest was going to get back to that Big Ten title game as they did two years ago, but they have a lot of potential to upset a power in the Big Ten as they have in the past. Meanwhile, in the other Big Ten school in Illinois, Illinois fighting Illini got trounced by the Wisconsin Badgers on Friday night. I couldn't believe it. Honestly, I I really did not think that it was going to be that big of a blowout. Fighting Illini made some really good strides last year. They beat Wisconsin last year. I thought it was going to be a much closer game than it was, but (laughs) the Badgers, they looked pretty good. They, uh, They had a new quarterback in there, Mertz. He did pretty well. I think Jack Cohn was injured. They didn't seem to miss a beat without Jonathan Taylor. Their all-American running back from the last from the last two years, he was an all-American. Wisconsin looks pretty good. Michigan with a statement win over Minnesota. Game started out close. I thought that was also going to be a close game, but Harbaugh's boys are not messing around this year. They've been I mean, Jim Harbaugh was one of the biggest advocates for the Big Ten to play this year, and I I, I see why. I mean. Michigan needs to win the big one this year. They need to beat Ohio State. It needs to happen finally. 0-5 in the Harbaugh era against Ohio State. Now, I'm a bigger Jim Harbaugh defender than most. I don't think Jim Harbaugh should be on the hot seat because I don't know what Michigan football is going to do without him. He's an awesome ambassador for the program, a great coach. Made that team interesting overnight. Michigan had some rough years with Brady Hoke and Rich Rod. Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. But this season, I, at this point, every season they don't beat Ohio State. They don't advance out of the Big Ten East is a failure. That's the measuring stick now. It's That's what happens when you're a blue blood program and you're a perennial contender. We'll see what happens, but a great start for the blue. Ohio State... Scott Frost's Nebraska team was making things pretty interesting early in that game. But Ohio State, uh, once again, looks great. Justin Fields is Heisman hopeful. Now, he's only played one game, and what uh, Murray over at Alabama and Harris, so both those guys, quarterback and running back, they're, in terms of the Heisman race, have to think both those guys are in front of Justin Fields. But Justin Fields has an opportunity He's got some time to make up, but hey, I'm so excited that the Big Ten is back. It's going to be interesting when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are playing and nobody really else is later on in December. We haven't really had that before, but I'm so grateful that this season is being played. It's been a lot of fun. Purdue got the win over Iowa in a really close game. TCU going over the Big 12. TCU got destroyed by Oklahoma. Uh, maybe not destroyed, but <laughs> they got picked apart by Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma's quarterback, who's been very highly touted. Wow. I mean, this guy had some Patrick Mahomes comparisons coming into the season, and he looked the part on Saturday against the Frogs. Lastly, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, top three teams going into this past weekend, all got wins. Now, we have a new pullout. Ohio State, all they had to do was win one game, and they're in that top four now with Notre Dame falling down to four. I think that's probably the right bunch for right now. We'll see what ends up happening. I think Clemson and Notre Dame are going to have to play each other this season, which will be a really awesome game to watch this year. Quite frankly, I don't think Notre Dame's at the level of Clemson, but I guess we'll see. That game will be played on Saturday, November 7th. Once again, this is one of the great things about this season. We have a lot more focus on the conference games. we cut out a lot of these oftentimes meaningless non-conference games. Notre Dame is playing in the ACC this year, which I love seeing. Guys, things are really great right now in the world of sports. I That's it for me on college football. Lastly, we go over to the NFL, and my Pittsburgh Steelers are now 6-0 and with a Big victory over the Tennessee Titans yesterday. Both teams 5-0 entering that game. Steelers almost found a way to blow it, but they came through. They won that game. And I don't really know how I'm feeling about the Steelers because typically they come out of the gate slow and they build momentum as the season goes on. So the key for them is not to start to slow down as the season goes on. By the way, Tennessee deserved to lose that game. I must say, I must say, I'm not a big fan of this idea that if a team cannot show up to play because of COVID, that the game should be rescheduled. Because my opinion is that, why should that be the Steelers' problem? Why should the Titans' problem be the Steelers' problem? In youth sports, in high school sports, sometimes in college sports, if a team can't show up, they forfeit. They don't reschedule the game. Steelers shouldn't have had to change their bye week, but they did. And that's another thing that's going to be working against them because they had originally this was going to be their bye week in week seven. They ended up having their week four bye week. So they're going to be playing a little bit of a marathon from weeks five through 17, 13 straight games. It's a lot. But they came through, they won that game. They need to make sure they don't slow down, but they're looking pretty great right now. And I've been saying, going back to 2016, that year, I truly thought the Steelers were going to win the Super Bowl. They were my pick. And then the Steelers met the Patriots in the AFC title game, came up short, and then I, was, as I was just after that game, my takeaway is the Steelers are waiting for Tom Brady to retire. It's just not going to happen against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Now, Tom Brady did not retire, but thankfully for the Steelers and many other teams in the AFC now, they don't have to really worry about the Patriots the same way as they did. Patriots were on top of the AFC for so long. Now, the Chiefs did win last year, but sometimes, again, you you talk about mental blocks. Steelers could not get through the Patriots in the playoffs. So for the Steelers, that's a big win. And I I think some other teams are going to be benefiting greatly with Tom no longer being in Foxborough elsewhere in the NFL Odell Beckham jr tore his ACL that's a huge loss for the Browns who despite losing the Steelers last week they're five and two they're having a really good year but that's a that's a big hit they still do have Jarvis Landry and a lot of weapons on that offense, but Baker needs OBJ. Don't really have anything else to say other than that's a, that's a big loss for the team, and I feel bad for the guy because it was a really weird ACL tear. You don't typically see it a guy blowing out his knee when he's chasing down a defender after a quarterback throws an interception. But what can you say? Cleveland's luck, right? Ladies and gentlemen... I hope you... uh, (laughs) This isn't typically the part of the show where I say we're done for the day. And I say goodbye to the guest. Well, there was no guest today. It was just me. Just me for 45 minutes. I hope you guys still enjoyed it. I hope you liked this episode of the podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Guys, keep staying positive. Keep trusting God. We're going to get through everything that's being thrown at us right now. And quite frankly... I'm just tired of seeing toxic negativity in the world it's not it's not good it really is not good to just be social media can be a really negative place when you're rolling around in the negativity. It's not healthy for you it's not good for your mental health or your emotional or really even your physical health either. Go outside even though it's crummy outside. Do some things that you enjoy and stay positive and try to do your best to make social media or the other places that you inhibit a positive place. Trust God and guys, I know we're all going to be okay. Just keep, just keep staying positive. If you like this episode of the Jack Vita show, subscribe to the Jack Vita show on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. We're going to be back later this week. World series recap with Jake Paliga soccer time with Jonathan Clancy should be out on the weekend. Enjoy the week. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Vita Show, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. Love hearing your thoughts on the podcast on there. Again, would really love to hear your thoughts on this very different episode of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it though. Alright, guys, you'll be hearing from me in a few days later this week. Until then, take care of yourselves. Stay positive. Have fun. And then just Just make the best out of everything for right now. Until then, guys, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters.